right, everyone. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Uh, we had a nice chat, our sweet film chat for Take Two Fifty. So Take Two Fifty One, we are uh, we're back with a vengeance, baby. There's still no new movies, but we're gonna come back. We're bringing you some great conversation, some great movie stuff. Give you a give you a little. We just had some. We had Venice Film Festival. And we also had Telluride Film Festival, some big movies, some big winners coming out of there. Maybe some stuff looking forward for the rest of the year. Um, some big trailers, some big stuff coming. So that's what we're going to talk about. Keep it short and sweet. It is your boy, the Sweet Keeks. And who else do we got? The boys are back in town. Boys are back in town. Uh, it's me, TC. I have a new mic. I hope that this sounds a lot better because the previous mic I had, I just feel like was un- inconsistent. So hopefully this is a little bit better. I'm back. Sports are back. Movies are not back. They are back, but not right now because it is bleak uh, with just release dates. Uh, so, yeah, I love this time of year, especially when like late September, early October hits. Just that fall breeze. Sports are in full swing. Movies start picking up again. Uh, it's great. So I'm good. I'm doing really good. Yeah, Happy we feel here. it in the air. You October what? is the best month of the year, in my opinion. Oh yeah, late that late September, those first two weeks of October, prime, very romantic too for all you single sweets out there. October, late September, October, take advantage. It's a nice little air is crisp. You can get some nice cuddle, cuddle warm up in the outdoors weather. It's uh really really the time you want to take advantage of. If you're asking me, yeah, get some hot chocolate, apple cider. I don't know, have a donut. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Why not? Okay. Uh, real quick, like an audible. What's your favorite donut? If you know you're going to get the best of a certain donut, what's your donut of choice? I really, I, you know what I do love is I love like the bars. I love just a glazed bar. Really? Yeah, okay. I'm a glazed guy. I, I, when it comes to most things, I'm pretty traditional with food. Okay. I'm a, I, I am an apple fritter guy. If there's a really good apple fritter. Okay. Oh, warm it up for five seconds. You're making this face that you disagree. It's all right. Teach their own. <laughs> and then I love a good maple bar with sprinkles, that little extra crunch with the maple. Mm. Gee, good. no, I can't. I will say though that if it's like a glazed donut with like some sprinklers or like a, a like a a normal like glazed or like white like cake base, like a just a normal yeast base with chocolate spring with chocolate frosting and sprinkles, that's also good. I'm not a big fan of like a chocolate donut with chocolate frosting and then sprinkles i like to keep like that plain base for me yeah need a balance you ever been to voodoo donuts no still haven't been it's really good yeah it's i mean like it is kind of like cliche but i if you ask me like i i certainly think they're worth they're worth trying we were in portland we went to cannon beach in 2021 and we didn't go to voodoo donuts it was just kind of a little bit out of the way okay so but yeah and here's another hot take for you. I like Krispy Kreme. I do too. I would rather go to like a mom and pop, a grocery store for donuts when it's fresh. Oh, you do not like Krispy Kreme? No, I do like it, but oh. I would rather go to like a grocery store or a mom and pop donut store to get those donuts were you like me where you thought that daylight donuts were like a local chain and then you realized that was Um, kind of that's like their business models to feel local yeah yeah it's huge i didn't know that yeah i'm a big daylight donuts guy 
It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, their their glazed donuts are great. I don't love Krispy Teams glaze because they like they feel too thin. I like mm. a good like kind of thicker yeasty uh, glazed donut from Daylight Donuts. That's a great choice. Yeah, Lehigh Bakery, like in Lehigh Main Street, is really good donuts. So give that a try. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember this. You might not have been part of this. So so uh, you know as as being being Mormon, uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. You have these like what are called like priesthood meetings, which are like the dudes get together and talk about. I don't know. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember telling you what they talk about. Um, <laughs> but after the early morning ones, they would have donuts. Do you remember this? Did they have this where you when you grew up? No, never had donuts. This is a very niche thing for all the sweets that have been to these. Maybe it was just in my like area in general, but they were some very delicious glazed donuts. Those were probably some of my favorite, mainly because I had to sit through a boring meeting for like an hour and a half, two hours, and it felt like the most delicious thing I've ever had. Just a nice slog of a meeting. Yeah. Oh, I mean, most of those, all of those meetings are. I've never been to one meeting where I'm like, yeah, that, that was a good time. I enjoyed this. It, it yeah. never happened. Yeah. No, I didn't do the donuts, unfortunately. Okay. You must okay. have had a sweet ward that did that. It was, yeah, it was a, it was like the whole area. It wasn't just like our little one. It was like the big one for, oh. for the whole general area. So, okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm a donut guy. I'm a donut guy. Uh, I have a new blind draft for you. Can okay. I give it to you? Yeah, I don't have one for you. Is this just for me this week? I, I don't know. I saw it on the, the, the docket, and so I was like, ooh, I'll whip oh. one together real quick. Okay, let me. I'll put one together, too. Okay. Okay, go. I'll go first, and then you kind of like as you're going. Um, this one kind of has a theme a little bit, but it's not what you're going to think based off of the first one. So so just, just go in with it and feel good, okay? First one. First one is Captain America Civil War. Four. Okay. Warcraft. Oh gosh, I know this theme. Five. Okay. X Men Apocalypse. Two. Okay. Suicide Squad. Oh, gross. Three. <laughs> and then last, Jason Bourne. Okay. Number one. So. Uh, for those, it was a the films that we saw in theaters during 2016. I know that we you kind of did that last time, so I was like, oh, I want to bring in a 2016 draft, which is why I said when I say the first one, don't like think it's what you think it is, because I didn't want you to have to like, you know what I mean? If you're uh, gonna think, oh, if it's Marvel movies, it's gonna have better Marvel movies. No, that was yeah, that's what I thought. Which that's honestly, what, what you said like maybe wouldn't be far off from mine. So I would have I would have number one civil war. I would have okay. number two be um probably X-Men Apocalypse. That X-Men gets a lot of hate. I think it's fine. I actually don't mind it. I rewatched it a few years ago and I was like, this is actually not bad. Okay. Um number three would probably be Jason Bourne. Number okay. four would probably be Warcraft, and then number five would be Suicide Squad. I'd rather watch Warcraft over Suicide Squad. I'm going to be really honest with you. I think Warcraft was the worst movie of that summer. Yeah. Suicide Squad is bad. Don't get me wrong. But like Warcraft was so boring. I don't know it if was... it's because I didn't know what was going on, but like it really was like one of the most boring 
forgettable films I've maybe ever seen. It was pretty boring. Yeah. Yeah. At least the suicide, at least Suicide Squad was just awful and you could kind of laugh at how bad it was. Jason Bourne was another one that I think if I were to do this, I'd probably very similar to yours. It'd probably be Civil War, Apocalypse, Jason Bourne, Suicide Squad, Warcraft. Yeah. Because for the return of Matt Damon as Jason Bourne, it, it was not as fun as it should have been. No, I remember going to that movie psyched and I was like, oh, yeah, nah, that was it. Not okay. great. Here's your blind draft. You ready? Okay. okay. Uh, first one. Captain Fantastic. Three. Okay. Next one. Tick, tick, boom. Oh, I'll go two. Okay. Next one. We're going to go with um, Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm going to say four. Okay. Um, let's do the next one here. We're going to go with uh, Top Gun Maverick. Five. And lastly, we're going to go with Deep Red. What? What, the random? I was looking at your letterbox lists. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's probably how it would rank those. You just stuttered on the deep red. So I was like, wait, were you like trying to find one that would slot in well? Or I was I I, I saw it on your favorite 2022 first time watches. It's like number six. And I was like, all right, let's say it. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. OK, yeah. perfect. So you had what was it again? Um, I think number one was deep red. Yep. Number two, two was tick, tick, boom. Number okay. three was Captain Fantastic. Number four was Spider-Man No Way Home. And number five was Top Gun Maverick. So you would have No Way Home over Maverick. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah I, I thought I Maverick I, was fine. Yeah. I would have Top Gun Maverick over No Way Home. Interesting. No Way Home has, it hasn't soured for me, but the the second view, because I watched it after uh, Spider-Verse, I had that little Spider-Man kick. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't as good as the theater experience. That's so like, funny because I remember seeing it again in theaters thinking like, oh, this might feel boring. And I was like really digging it. Yeah. No, I still like it. I still think it's the like top five Spider-Man movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but it just didn't it didn't land for me as much as it did in the theater because it was like, oh, my gosh, like Tom McGuire is in this movie. Andrew Garfield is in this movie fan service like. But there's there's some funny plot holes. It's like, OK, like how is Doc Ock and Green Goblin back? Green Goblin died. You know, it was just like it just it was just one of those multiverse things that you're just like, OK, you just have to. Yeah, you have to go with it. But the um, third act of all of them being together is freaking awesome. Oh, oh. And they're, when they do that landing, the superhero landing. So it's, cool. it's great. Yeah. It's great. And when, and when they're spinning, like when they're flying through the air and uh, Tom Holland grabs them and like yanks them to him like mm -hmm. that is cool. Yeah. Um, So I want to get to my draft of fantasy football real quick. OK, let's do it. Okay, so we had our draft on Tuesday night of September 5th. Is that when it was? Yeah, Tuesday night, September 5th. Okay. Uh, it's Sunday. We are recording. I am getting blown out right now, but Tyreek Hill Name. might be uh, my best player that I have, which we'll start. I drafted Tyreek Hill first. I was the fifth pick overall. I got Tyreek. And then Kelsey fell to round two because he has an injury, and I picked up Kelsey. He didn't start this week fine with that because you know uh, if he's back by week two or three worth it yeah you're you're going well you're doing fine yeah so kelsey was like my saving grace last year he was so nice so i got tyree kill kelsey travis kelsey uh my quarterback who played absolutely abysmal is my guy joe burrow 
Uh, he will not be playing like that again this season. He had four not. points. The Bengals scored three points. The Browns were uh, just atrocious. Uh, Kenneth Walker, the third, is my running back out of Seattle. So he had a good rookie year last year. So hopefully he's yeah. picks it up. I got Jamal Williams for the Saints as my running back. And also Tyler Algier, two BYU guys. Oh, did you start Algiers? Nope. He sat on my bench and he's got 24 points. That's tough. Bench. He was great last year down the stretch. He was really solid. I'm not a BYU guy, but I have two BYU running backs. So there you have it. I was shocked you took Jamal. I, I like the Saints. Saints and Bengals are my two favorite teams. Yeah. Um, So Chris Olave, that's another Saints, the wide receiver. He had 20 mm-hmm. points, so he's going to be nice, uh, especially with Derek Carr. Uh, Justin Tucker, the kicker. I think he's the best kicker in the league, so I have him. Pittsburgh, I have him as my defense. They got whomped by San Francisco. DJ Moore as my flex position, uh, wide receiver there out of the Bears will be nice. And uh, uh, then I have Montgomery. David Montgomery is the running back for the Lions. I have Aaron Rodgers as my backup. And then I have Cortland Sutton as a wide receiver, honestly. And then actually, I'm actually excited about this one. Jordan Addison, the Vikings wide receiver rookie, he's going to be nice. He had 16 points today. So he's going to be wide receiver too. Uh, to just uh, Justin Jefferson. Okay. But anyways, my bench is always changing. Like my, I, I live on the waiver wire. Yeah, <laughs> so. you have to. Anyways, so yeah, that's my team. Really happy about it. Well, I'm not happy about it. I'm happy that Kelsey fell and I got Kelsey, uh, and I'm glad I got my quarterback Joe Burrow, even though he had a trash game. I just I have a hard time seeing that's going to happen consistently because oh, Joe DK. Burrow. Dude, so I was like, I was, I was rough. I was looking rough in this first half of our games. Now I'm not gonna lie. Uh, right now, so I'm in two leagues. Okay, um, I had Christian McCaffrey and McCaffrey in one of my leagues. Sheesh, look, looking nice, looking very nice. Um, but here's here's my main team. This is this is the league I've been in. This league I believe for 15 years. It is, um. Uh, the league fantasy football team is what we call it. And I've been going by the name of Love Michael it. Roch for probably the last 10 years. <laughs> Michael um, Roch. <laughs> my quarterback is Trevor Lawrence did pretty okay for me today. Jamar chase and DK Metcalf are my receivers. I think DK just scored. Nice. Like I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He just caught a receiving touchdown. Yep. Um, Derek Henry's my running back. He had like 120 total yards today. So he's always going to be good. Uh, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, the backfield for Detroit. Yeah. Jameer Gibbs yeah, me, is a rookie. You, Montgomery's. Mm-hmm. You, you and I both have Montgomery. We might have to start him. He was nice. I, he was, he was my flex this week. A flex yeah. is like, you can pick a wide receiver running back or a tight end to, to be in that slot you draft different positions you put them into slots according to their position and hope you can get the most amount of points so yeah dk metcalf already going strong tj hawkinson is my tight end from uh um minnesota which is it's solid he's basically the number two after justin jefferson who just popped off today sheesh and then geno smith is my quarterback really solid quarterback you're not getting anything too crazy but he's going to be solid for you every time and then uh, my defense is Philadelphia, who has um, an interception, a fumble recovery, and a touchdown, and have 20 points. And then I have defensive players. We always have had defensive players in our league. And I have Minka Fitzpatrick, Miles Garrett, and Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith got like 17 points for me today. So I was projected to lose, and now I'm creeping up there 
I it's going to be about a nine point difference between me and the, the team I'm playing against. So I've just Dang. really got to hope that CD lamb does not do well. Um, and a few others. I am playing against crab right now. I've played against crab the first week for the past 40 years. <laughs> I know I beat him last year and I beat him the year before for that first week. So he might get me for the first time in mm-hmm. week one. So crab, if you're listening, I think you will probably win. Because he still has Josh Allen to play and Darren Waller. So, okay. And he's and most of his guys are in the first half right now. Oh, what? I did not block. notice that Cooper Cup was not playing today. Oh, is he on your starting lineup? Yeah, I didn't even. It's for my other team. So I, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really. I'm still projected throw, to win, though. A little bit of a throwaway team. Yep. Still projected throwaway to win. League. So, hey, get that W. Not too bad. Fantasy to win by like 20 points. Um, all you sweets, send us send us your rosters if you play. Yeah, let's 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 see. Oh, this guy had Mark Andrews starting, so it's fine. Oh, it, it cancels out. Yeah, sure does. Um, but yeah, we love fantasy football. Love fantasy football. Uh, but you know, we also love we love movies. And in honor of this, me and Becky went to something called Phenomicon this past weekend. We drove, we bought these tickets back in like June because we are massive fans of a show called The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. It's been going for about five seasons now, and it follows, if none of y'all are familiar, there is a ranch in northern Utah, and that's how it starts. That's how the intro to the show starts. And um, these weird happenings are there. It's been a site of strange phenomena. Um, There was a previous ranch owner that did lots of private tests with the team, but then they sold the ranch. And like massive, like real estate multi-deca millionaire, Brandon Fugel bought it. And then he was not going to do a show and a producer was really persistent and got them to turn it into a show. So they document the findings on the ranch. I'm not going to lie. A lot of y'all I know that like if you watch the show, you're like, oh, nothing ever happens. It is not true. I feel like every episode, some sort of weird anomaly is there that like some of these other UFO shows. They'll try to make they try to drum it up, but you never see anything. This one, every episode, something super weird happens. And if you're watching, you're gonna be like, okay, that's weird. Like, how what is going on on this ranch? And so it's in Roosevelt, Utah, which if you're familiar with Utah, it's in the middle of nowhere um, in eastern Utah. It's about three hours east of where we live in Utah County and Vineyard. And so we went, we went to this convention. Uh, we only went for Saturday because the rest of the days looked really boring. And obviously I, I have to do shifts at school. So it's not like we can go, but uh, we got to enjoy a panel of the cast of the secrets, the secret of Skinwalker Ranch, and then just listen to some wild people talk about their theories. The last speaker specifically was talking about how Egyptians used wormholes to travel and stargates which were which was very interesting, uh, very What's... conspiracy heavy. I got a cool Bigfoot shirt too. Uh, oh, you're... conspiracies! What conspiracies are you into? Because we're gonna talk a little bit about conspiracies and and film conspiracies specifically until we go to our next thing. Um, I I just want to say your Bigfoot shirt is very cool. Yeah, and I want to hear your conspiracy on Skinwalker Ranch because I have not watched it, but you just kind of answered what i think it is even though i haven't watched it so people said it's like a black hole there and there's like a wormhole Mm-mm. there and that's why there's so many like weird happenings that occur at skinwalker yep. ranch um so is that your theory is that what you think it is 
You know, to be honest, I think there's a lot of things going on. Apparently, the land was cursed by a Native American tribe. I don't remember which one. I think it was like it was either between the Ute and the Navajo or something like that. So apparently, the land might be cursed according to a legend. Um, there's some weird mythical things that are happening around there. It's hard to say. But uh, what I will say is it's a fun thing. It's yeah. a fun thing to think about. I, I don't really have a theory for what it is, but I do enjoy seeing like apparently that area is a hotbed for like UFOs and stuff like that. So I was about to ask, like, what happens at Skinwalker Ranch? What are some of like the the quote unquote normal happenings? UFO sightings? Is there other big time like electric equipment malfunction? So like every time they're about to like launch something or they shoot something up, these professionals come in, they set up their professional gear like they did a drone show and uh -huh. all of the drones are supposed to go together and they're talking with the drone people. They're like, how often does your equipment malfunction? And they're like, honestly, not too often. It's a really good thing. You know, we've done thousands of shows and nothing weird has ever happened. And then they go to do this drone show over this triangle area that has a lot of these anomalies happen. And like the drones started like turn off and go back to the home base. And like that never happens, apparently. So, I mean, yeah, it can feel like a little bit of a stretch, but then they bring in like slow-mo cameras and they fly above it and they do all sorts of sensory mapping. And the best part is, is there's a Mesa and there's something in the Mesa. They've done like, uh, like radar testing around the Mesa and it looks like there's this tubular shape inside the mesa so they're trying to drill in to see what's in there and that was kind of the end of the most recent season and everyone was asking they did a little q a and said what what's in the mesa do you know and there's a lot of stay tuned kind of a thing mm, okay yeah. um some of my favorite conspiracy theories i was watching an instagram video the other day of tiger woods he hit a golf ball this is not where you think it's going but he hit a golf ball behind a rock like a huge boulder uh -huh. And Tiger looks at one of the officials this is like early, like 2000s when he was like in his prime. And he's like, is this can I move this? Like, is this a movable rock? Like as like a rule for golf. And the guy was like, yeah, if you can get enough people to move it, move it. And so there was like 10 people moving a rock. And one of the comments said uh, he was like, this is why I believe that Egyptians were helped by aliens. <laughs> That is a massive one. Yeah. Is are, are the pyramids. So, so that killed me because I was like, yeah. Yeah, like there were eight people moving a boulder and just the pyramids there, uh, the Sphinx there, uh, all that. I'm like, they had to have had some assistance or some crazy technology at the time. So I like to think um, my mom loves watching ancient aliens. I do believe there's um, extraterrestrial life. I mean, there's been like so many there's been so many confirmations, that like especially as of late. It's been it's been pretty um pretty wild to see that in the news just so blatantly um so i feel like that is one of my conspiracies there's also a fun conspiracy about the moon landing with shut up stanley. i was just gonna bring that one up yeah i think that's one of my favorites because stanley kubrick is kind of behind it apparently he leaves clues in his previous movies that he was behind the filming of the moon landing uh so that one's always been kind of something that piques my interest i do believe that we landed on the moon uh, as as americans and that the moon landing actually occurred but it's kind of fun to mess around with that one uh another one is uh trying to think yeah that's kind of the main ones with with oh i 
dude, I love Atlantis. Like, I hope Atlantis is cool. Is like true. Oh, that's a great one. I think Atlantis is like a fascinating, like conspiracy of like way advanced technology. And then, um, basically the city was what drowned out by water. I need to do more research on it. Mm-hmm. So I love that, that movie Atlantis. I think it's such a cool Disney movie. I would love to see them honestly, like do a live action of that done properly. So yeah, those are, those are a couple of my like big, big conspiracy ones. The moon landing one is really, is pretty wild. Cause like there are some things it's like, Oh, the, 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 what's it called? The the flag shouldn't be waving. It should be flaccid. I guess there are like multiple shadows along the, you know what I mean? Like along the, there's only one light source and it's the sun, but there's multiple, there's multiple, um, what's it called? Shadows. Yeah, there's multiple shadows on there. Honestly, I don't know who's to say. A big thing was, is how were they able to transmit the video or at least show the video live? Because a lot of people talk about that one. I'm sure they had live TV back then. But as much as that one is interesting, this is one that I actually think is real. Okay, and I've talked about it on the podcast before. It's not a big one, but I think it's real. Is the design of the Sonic in that first Sonic trailer was (laughs) purposefully done terribly to market the film so that people could like with anticipation watch the new Sonic movie with the bad design. I don't think anyone signed off on that. And I genuinely think it looked horrible to get people talking about it to then like, Oh, we're going to go fix it. But it was just, they, I think they, I believe they ended up extending the due date. So it was going to come out like November. It came out in February of 2020. And they did that because they still needed some time to finish the VFX. So they're like, let's just, give this crappy trailer out. Let's make it look like this. It looks horrible. And we'll say, Oh, well, we're going to push it back to go fix it. Even though I think they were just behind schedule. I, I agree with you with that one, because that is such a smart marketing move. If so, like that is, that is like playing chess with checkers. That is years ahead. I am not one to give like movie studios credit for anything that they do. I think most of them are hacks and they're annoying. They're business people that have no idea how movies work, but a broke, a broken clock is right. What twice a day. And I think that was just something that, that worked out and was a good idea, just like Barbenheimer. But the thing about Barbenheimer was they thought that one movie would do better than the other. And that one would take the profits from the other. But turns out when you just release good movies, people will go see both movies. I wish, I, I wish there would be more Barbenheimers, honestly. Now they're trying to do it with like Saw Patrol and there's other <laughs> you, things too. And it's just like when you, when you mentioned that a few months ago, that was so funny. No, I think it's great for movies. Like I wish there was more like options for a weekend. Like that was so yeah. fun seeing Barbie the first day and then Oppenheimer the next day. Like I, I had a blast with that. So absolutely. I hope they do more of that. Any other like conspiracies that you believe in? What about the, um, the chemtrails? Oh no, but it is funny. Like you look at um I, I don't I don't believe in that one. There are I I I could see that certain like like Alex Jones, that wacko from uh uh what is it called? InfoWars. I yeah. I would not be surprised if he's fed legitimate things every so often. 
But again, a broken clock is right twice a day. Like the things he gets right are really weird and random, but like, yeah, you got him right. So now people are like, oh, everything he says is right. But I just don't think that's the case. More conspiracy theories. Here's another one. Mm. Area 51. Do you think it's actually in Nevada or that's a cover up for like a real Area 51 somewhere else? Well, apparently there's a there is one in Utah. Like there's a really like out in in Dugway. Mm hmm. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. I, you know what I think is really interesting is I heard this once that um, it's, it's kind of fun to think about is like, we are in a simulation and everyone's like, don't go to area 51 and area 51 is actually the exit from the simulation. That's why they're trying to keep it like a secret. And like no one's can go there. There's aliens. There's no aliens. There's nothing there. It's just the exit from I the simulation. I have never heard that. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. That one's bonkers. There's a really I saw some of this documentary and I thought it was really cool. I think it's called A Glitch in the Matrix, where this documentarian put together all of this potential evidence that like we live in a simulation. I'm pretty sure it's on HBO Max. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, a glitch in the matrix. I mean, it's pretty like it's pretty. Oh, it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. And it like looks kind of interesting. Like there's little things explained and you know, it's just like in the matrix when deja vu experience. Oh, it's a glitch in the matrix. So who knows? There's some, a really great. Now, if y'all are into conspiracies and the people that talk about this, a great person to listen to and to watch is Dr. Stephen Greer. This guy is a big time, like ufologist. And he's big on like, like his most recent one is basically the the United States government has known how to do like like um anti-gravity and has purposefully hid the technology to further enrich big oil and gas and coal industries because without those thousands of jobs would be lost and anti-gravity would solve all of these problems um I it's called you- the lost century it is actually he is either such a great storyteller or everything he says is right. And we're just doomed. I, 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 my mom watched that and I remember you watching that. I would like to watch that. So that's all my like fall kind of spooky, not, not that it's spooky, but like kind of like fun, like October alien watch. So I'm going to add that another conspiracy that I have is Mm -hmm. like pharmaceuticals. I believe we have certain cures to certain things that we, we hold back just because, you know, it puts money in people's pockets. It keeps businesses afloat. So I do think there are certain cures for diseases out there that we have that are maybe being held back a little bit. Well, I think other ones that are like conspiratorial, but like there are instances of things that like, like I think MK ultra is one. Um, another, another conspiracy theory was, uh, Oh my gosh. It was the Tuskegee experiments. I think is what it was called of like, they were doing, I think it was like STD tests for like, from like men in the South and they found a cure for the STD, but they didn't tell them. And they kept like giving them the disease without telling them about the cure. It's something along there. Don't quote me uh, on that. You'd have to like double check what yeah. it is somewhere along yeah. those lines. Now, I, like I do, I want to say like, I do believe in medicine. Like I do believe medicine helps and that there is awesome like medication and, and whatnot. But I do think there might be some diseases and potential viruses that we have the cure for and that just pharmaceutical companies are holding on to. 
Well, I mean, like they inflate prices of things that happens all the time. We obviously don't want to like we're not trying to like go into like the tin hat, like the Tuskegee syphilis study was like uh, an extreme, uh, not extreme, but it was a horrible case of fraud and misinformation from the U.S. government from those involved in the tests. Um, But like. I don't know. I'd be really interested to see what things have been conspiracies like MK Ultra and stuff that have now been like, yeah, that actually was a real thing. Um, I don't know much about MK Ultra. I have to look that up. I I I just know that it was one MK Ultra. Hold on, let's let's see if it. I can bring it up. Illegal huge experimentation program designed and undertaken by the U.S. government to develop procedures and identify drugs that could be used during interrogations to weaken people and force confessions during brainwashing and psychological torture. I want to say that like LSD came from this. But I'm not 100% positive. Gotcha. We're okay. uh, we're throwing on our tin hats here now, folks. Um, um I want to get into some film conspiracy theories. Okay. Yeah, get some or more. Because we mentioned some, but I'd like to hear a few more. Do you have some else that you have other conspiracies you'd like to add? No, those are kind of the main ones. Like, there, there okay. have been a handful that have been proven to be like, oh, yeah. But I do think another one is like, we have all sorts of crazy alien technology that like, we're, we the thing is we have it we just have no idea how it's used and like we probably will never understand it like district nine <laughs> wait okay kind of uh here are a few popular ones that people you sweets may have heard i've heard uh, some of them i'm curious if these are ones because some have been debunked but i'm kind of curious so i fa- found this one out like a couple of years ago and i think okay. it's i like this theory okay. um it says harry potter the dursleys are cruel to harry for a good reason um any pot, any Potterheads remember how unkind the Dursleys were to Harry throughout the series. According to one theory, the reason that Harry's aunt, uncle, and cousin were so awful to him was because Harry was one of the Voldemort's Horcruxes, and the exposure around the Dursleys caused them to be so rude and vicious to him. Oh, just, just like when Ron has the Horcrux when they're uh, in part one. Of Deathly Hollows, oh. how it kind of makes them a little bit more irritable, makes them a little bit more short, and that's why the Dursleys were so rude to Harry is because they were around a Horcrux, which was I like that one. That's Harry. a good one. So, have you never heard of that one? No, no, huh? No, I never heard of that one. I like that one too. I kind, I, I, I kind of believe it. Okay, okay, on to the next one. You may have heard this one too. Okay, uh, this one's kind of dark <laughs> for a Pixar movie. You might know where I'm going with this um, theory in finding Nemo. Nemo actually doesn't exist. Oh, I've so, heard this. Yeah. Yeah. So if you remember the film's opening scene, Marlon wakes up from a barracuda attack on his family to find that only one of his eggs, Nemo survived. But one theory suggests that the grieving father only imagined that one son survived, which means that Nemo actually isn't real, but is only a figment of Marlon's imagination. Uh, following this theory, the entire movie is an allegory of a father's journey through the five stages of grief, as many fans suggest. And the kicker, Nemo, actually means nobody in Latin. Oh, interesting. There's one that goes along with, uh, I believe it's Winnie the Pooh, is that the characters represent, represent like the seven deadly sins and Christopher Robin is actually insane. Where he's like a little kid. It's it's like a it's like a it's like an a, an allegory for like purgatory or something like that. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's I a like weird it. one. Uh, as we know, the Inception one, uh, Cobb's real totem was his wedding ring. It wasn't the spinning device. Have no, shut one? up! I've never heard that one. 
So this much debated ending of Inception revolves around the spinning a t- the spinning top that Cobb uses as a totem, an object that dreamers use to distinguish between reality and dreams. Okay. What if Cobb's totem wasn't the top at all? Instead of the top, which actually belonged to his late wife, one fan theory suggests that Cobb's true totem is actually his wedding ring. After all, he's seen wearing the ring in every sequence in which he's a, he's a dream, but not when he's awake. This would certainly solve the movie's biggest mystery of whether Cobb is awake at the ending. He is, as his wedding ring is clearly absent in the very last scene. Wait, it is a dream or is not? He is awake. So it says this would certainly solve the movie's biggest mystery of whether Cobb is awake at the ending. And it says in like parentheses, he is, as his wedding ring is clearly absent in the very last scene. So when he's awake, his ring is absent. When he's dreaming, his ring is present. I like it. I think Nolan, Nolan put that in there yeah i like that i dig it theory. that's a good one i like that um i've never heard that one that's crazy i've never heard that one okay here we go like i said let's walk let's let's do this one okay. theory about the shining the movie is about faking the moon landing i've heard that there is a there is a uh he's um, wearing even the apollo sweatshirt okay let me read through it this source by the way is called goodhousekeeping.com oh perfect yeah the the great movie website uh goodhousekeeping.com there you have it okay (laughs) it says this one might be the most out of this world theory yet according to some conspiracy theorists theorists the shining is kubrick's secret confession for working with the government to stage the apollo 11 moon landing in 1969 consider the evidence the film changes the haunting haunted rooms number to 237 originally 217 in the novel because the average distance from the earth to the moon is 237,000 miles. It's known, it's now known to be 238,900. It also changes the book's single slain child into those creepy twins, a nod to NASA's Gemini program. An even more overt detail from that same scene, Danny's sweater features a rocket labeled Apollo 11. There's a there's a documentary that's really stupid. I believe it's called Room 237, where it goes through all of these like breaking down, like the shining and what it means. And it's just like stupid. Here's another good theory. Okay. Uh, From Fight Club theory, the narrator and Tyler are grown up Calvin and Hobbes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sick. Okay. It's funny uh okay let me look at a couple more here i i think i'm on the same website and one that i just read is actually very cool is uh, the theory theory that ferris from ferris bueller is a figment of cameron's imagination Mm. it all makes sense given the contrast between the confident popular ferris and the awkward self-despising cameron if we follow this premise the adventure that takes place in the movie are actually figment of cameron's imaginations conjured up in his head as he lives out his dreams through his imaginary friend ferris there's not really much more to prove that but i think that's interesting as a fight club before fight club sorry to spoil fight club um i want to read one more there's one more that is pretty good here I like that Cobb one. That was a good reminder. How about this yeah, one? Oh my gosh, I'd never heard that one, but that that's pretty cool, especially if it's true. Theory, Kevin. Why is that? From sh- home- Wait, Tanner, I think you're... Oh, never mind. Can you hear me? Yeah. What? Some... Uh, oh, my NFL app, I think, was still up, and so there was a game playing. I don't know why I was doing that. 
Okay. Uh, any uh, others? Last, any others that you one. found? Uh, theory. Kevin from Home Alone grows up to be Jigsaw from the Saw franchise. <laughs> All right, let's hear that one. Have you heard this one? No, I've never heard it. I don't believe these ones that are like from different movies. I don't believe, but like when it's contained in the same film, like the Nemo one, I can get on the Inception one for sure. But let me just read this. Okay, then we'll be done. We'll move on. Okay. According to one theory, Home Alone is the origin story of the serial killer Jigsaw, otherwise known as John Kramer from the Saw horror movies. Uh, this might be spoilers for those who have not seen Saw. Uh, proponents of this theory point to the numerous connections linking Kevin to Jigsaw, including a nearly identical appearance, violent tendencies, and a similar knack for booby traps. Oh my gosh. Still not convinced? Think about how Kevin's feared childhood basement seems to be recreated in Saw 2. In one scene in particular, Kevin hallucinates the furnace as a monster, which very well might have inspired his act of burning someone alive in a furnace as Jigsaw later on. Okay, that's a reach. IMO. I think so too. But it's you know it's it's conspiracy theories are fun. Um, there's also a line between conspiracy theories and letting things like absorb you and thinking they're real. Always have a nice little healthy bit of skepticism. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Keep a keep keep. Not everything you read on the internet is true. Contrary to everything that we've learned. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about my faith thing that I watched. Okay. Um, that is, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Oh, can we do a little mini review? Let's do a mini review. Yeah, I love this movie. Uh, directed by Kelly Freeman Craig, right? Yes, who did uh, Edge of 17. Edge of 17 is a good little watch, I think. Uh, Edge of 17, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. And Eighth Grade are great coming-of-age movies. Um, Yeah. Are you there? It's me, God. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> I always have one blunder every time. Uh, it's good. It's a cute little watch. It's a tender little watch. I think the comedy bits were hilarious. Uh, this is a movie that I could totally see myself watching with my daughter if she was like in the sixth grade. Um, you know, it talks about kind of growing up, going through puberty, uh, some of the changes that happen, moving as a kid, dealing with um, the pressures of like religion and choices, uh, having parents that have different ideology of different things, uh, you know, just kind of everyday things that are not like, like what was happening in Margaret's life wasn't like totally, um, what's the word? I want, I don't want to say it's not groundbreaking because moving to a new place is groundbreaking, but it's not like the biggest crisis in the world. It's just, mm -hmm. you know. She discovers that her mom has, you know, a, a rough relationship with her parents and she's trying to understand that she wants to have a bra. She wants to, you know, fit in with this new uh, friends. Her, she realized some of her friends may not be as trustworthy and she may not like them. So it just has a great outlook of just, you know, navigating life as like an 11, 12 year old. So yeah, that was very cute. Um, and I'd give it an A minus suite. I think this is a really fun not fun watch, but tender watch is the word. Oh, I, I think it's, it's got some great jokes in it. Uh, oh, my we gosh. Must, we must. That line is really funny. That it's a really great killed part. me. And when they do it with their hands, we must. We must. I, <laughs> um, I also have it in an A minus suite. I think it has a lot of really great, rich themes about growing up and also identity. The whole basis of her like trying to discover what her religion is while also like discovering who she is as a person and 
what her friends want versus like what people should really want is like they all want to like you know have boobs and experience their first period like these things that they see older people getting that they want to experience because it helps them feel like they're coming into their own when in actuality is finding good friends understanding who you are like finding your like guiding principles are the things that are what we should really focus on when we're the when we're that age and um that climax of like the the parents getting together and rachel mcadams speech about like why have i never met your parents and her like you know being vulnerable with her daughter those learning those things um i thought it was very touching i watched it on a plane and i really was like super encaptured by it one of the more overlooked movies of the year and i just had an absolute blast with are you there god it's me margaret margaret a fun watch funny watch poignant great for anyone of any age and a nice little benny safty appearance yeah fun, i like fun benny appearance. i like benny safty as an actor great yeah. oppenheimer and great and are you there god it's me margaret so uh, i i uh i gave a talk today in church and I, I quoted Oppenheimer in it. And I, I didn't know. I said, uh, I basically was like, movies rock. They're the best things in the world. I love movies. And I kind of related it to my talk. And I said, and I believe this. And I shall believe it until I see very conclusive proofs of otherwise. Amazing. Uh, I don't think anyone noticed. Becky noticed. She liked That's it. That's so but, amazing. Uh, yeah. I and, gave it. I gave a talk a couple of years ago and dropped a Lord of the Ring, the Lord of the Rings quote. The one I also time. said it's like it's poetry. It rhymes. And I don't know if anyone else got that, too. Mm, what's that one from? Uh, George Lucas. Oh, OK. Oh, it's all stories. It's poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> all time. <laughs> all time. George Lucas isms. That's a good voice, dude. You got Thanks, that dude. down. Yeah, I, I uh, Give it one I more tried. time. Give me another think, George Lucas. I, I think I might have let some things get away from me there. It's Stop. basically Kermit the Frog, but it's a that one's from when he watches the first cut of Phantom Menace. Phantom and... Menace, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I think uh, we 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 got to go back on the cutting board there. <laughs> yours was good too. Oh, that yours was is pretty like, good. Yours is leagues better. Or is uh, or he focuses four hours on finding the right alien creation for Dexter Jetster. Oh gosh, uh, yeah. Oh, this one, this one's a. Uh... This one's the one that we want right here. I really like the the head design here of this one, dude. You nail that. Oh, dude, you've Shucks. been practicing. <laughs> I always, uh, uh, I, I've always heard the quote, and I think it's very funny that every uh, man has, every man has their own Kermit the Frog impersonation, and then every other impersonation goes from there. To, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next May the fourth, we are gonna interview George Lucas. We'll, oh. we'll let. You- George, come on in here. Oh, uh, hey, hey! I was just about to leave, but uh, I came, I came back here to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, yeah. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. I would, yeah. A minus sweet. I love like what you mentioned. I love the conversation she has to Margaret about her parents. I thought that was very touching, and mm-hmm. I like the character growth too because Rachel McAdams ends up you know not being so much of a pushover there at the end yeah good good great watch really one of the most overlooked movies of the year so go check out are you there god it's me margaret where did you watch it i rented it six bucks on prime prime video go on a delta flight and you watch it for free do it worth it yeah (laughs) could you could you imagine it's like amelie is not available in the united states to watch but i watched it on a delta plane (laughs) so, <laughs> yeah. if you're looking to watch Amelie. You also you just just go buy a buy a nice Delta flight. Oh, uh, okay. Next week 
I'm gone. I believe I'm going to talk with Jack and Jake. I've been making this movie till death do us part. We just wrapped like, heck yeah. We just wrapped filming of till death do us part. And uh, we'll chat about the experience and talk about movies and being, being friends and being friends that make films together and that whole thing. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, One thing, by the way, I don't know if you're an anime watcher of one piece, but the one piece live action has really good reviews. I've heard that. I've heard people really enjoying it. It is like really positive reviews. I might have to give that a watch. I know me and Becky are probably going to renew Netflix. They clone Tyrone apparently is really good. Like there's a lot of things that are really good. Huh? Okay. Do it. Uh, Movies are back. Sports are back. Yep. Um, I'm looking forward to dumb money on September 25th. Okay. I still need to go see Gran Turismo. And then I am actually looking forward to the creator at the end of September. That's yeah, kind of like that's cool going to be a cool sci-fi one. movie. So going to be a cool one. That's my next step. Uh, Gran Turismo, Dumb Money, and the creator are the ones I'm looking forward to in September. Still okay. need, Gran Turismo came like two out two weeks ago. I just need to go yeah, see it. I'm not going to go see it. I'm just, yeah. just going to keep it a buck with you there. Yeah, I like it. Keep it a buck. Yep. Everyone, Love you for listening. Get get your tin hats on. Hope you enjoyed our conspiracy talk today. Some great ones. Some that I'd never heard. Maybe some that y'all have heard as well. And uh, as always, stay so sweet. Sweet.